With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Yeah. Before we get into any of that, what's going on, Chandler, man? How you doing this evening? Uh, I'm fat and tired as usual. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm sure as our uh, as our 90 minutes uh, rounds out tonight, you, you and I always have some spirited discussion. So we'll see if we can at least uh, can at least get you to perk up a little bit over the next 90 minutes. <laughs> but the caller number for you guys nine two nine four seven seven two seven five nine. Uh, Chandler and I are locked and loaded here with you for the next 90 minutes or so. we got a lot to get to, but real quick, just want to shout out uh, a couple of our sponsors, PHI Apparel Band, with their unique designs. You are sure to stand out in the crowd, so for any of you Philly sports fans, got a team going to the Super Bowl now, got a team uh, doing all right in the NBA, um, obviously, a lot of excitement around the Phillies as pitchers and catchers report here in the next two weeks, uh, you know, making the World Series last year. I'm not sure how well the Flyers are doing. I'm not going to pretend. Chandler probably knows more about the Flyers than I do. Uh, but represent your Philly teams, man. So if you're a Philly fan or you know somebody that is or you want to get them a present, a Super Bowl present, or if you lost a bet or something like that, so you got to pay up. Look, man, phiapparel.co is their website. Use the promo code CHEFS at checkout for 15% off. Once again, you can listen to us on the Blog Talk Radio site when we are live. We also are coming through any of your apps to choose to catch podcasts. And you can also ask uh, Amazon or any of your smart speakers to play Sports City Chefs. 
It'll tell you which one's coming on. It'll tell you the number of that uh, episode, the way it lands on the podcast, and just know that, like, for example, tonight was uh, tonight's our Thursday night show, so whatever this number shows up as, the one before it'll be our Wednesday show when we have our uh, callers cookout. Last night it was uh, a little delayed because uh, our resident villain, Mr. Barry Jordan, and Giants fangirl, Adriana, I'm not even going to call her last name, I don't want to be wrong, uh, did a Giants sort of uh, recap of their season. Tuesday night we had the NFL free-for-all. We did sort of the uh, wrap-ups of the uh, championship games from this past weekend. And then, of course, we got uh, we got our Sunday morning show, the timeless uh, Sunday morning brunch. I'm lucky to be alongside with him uh, for that. And so we kind of lay out to actually what happened over the past weekend and uh, kind of get the table set for any major things going on in the world of sports. Chandler, I know we got a few different topics that we want to throw out there, but let me just go ahead and get this one out of the way. Uh, I, I don't really want to talk about it any longer than is necessary, but because it has come up in the news over the last, I guess, 36 hours or so, I want to go ahead and get your thoughts on this and share mine uh, social media post. In the last 24-plus hours, um, one Tom Brady says he's retiring for good this time. It was about a minute video where he kind of talked about that. Uh, whether you've seen it or not, channel, I don't really care so much about your comment, your response to the video itself. But just uh, Tom Brady retiring, your thoughts, uh, either on the man's career and or the timing of this retirement or uh, anything you you want to say around this whole uh, story of the Tom Brady deciding to hang it up? I know Tom Brady better stop messing with the ancestors and and, and keep uh, retiring on on the first day of Black History Month. Last year, of course, in this marriage, all right, he gonna stop that nonsense. That's all I know. Um, you could have waited till the second of February. You could have waited till you could have done it on January thirty first. Last year, you did this on on the first day of Black History Month. And you wound up divorced. So, you know what? You you might want to stay retired this time, man. That's all I got about Tom Brady. I'm sick of talking about him. All right, then. Uh, yeah, the, the, you're right. Bad omen with, with the retirement. But, you know, listen, uh, interesting, even Giselle came out and said she wished him the best with whatever this next step is. Uh, you know, to me, the – the guy that stands to lose the most from this could be Greg Olson. You're going to hear him in the Super Bowl when Fox does the Super Bowl. Uh, Greg Olson has really done a nice job as their lead guy this year. Uh, they didn't really know, but with with Joe Buck and Aikman going over to ESPN this year, uh, Kevin Burkhardt and uh, Greg Olson became the lead uh, broadcast team for Fox and Greg Olson has really stepped up and did a really, really nice job this year. And so he may be the one that has the most to lose out of this if he gets bumped. As we've heard, and it's been reported in multiple places, that Fox came to an agreement with Tom Brady on a 10-year, $375 million deal to be their lead voice or lead uh Analyst for the the A team for for football. 
This man can make more money in his 10 years as a broadcaster if he does it that long than he did in his entire NFL career as a player. That's kind of crazy to me. Uh, but, yeah, we'll see uh, what happens there. I think still there are some things to be decided and how that's going to work. But for those of you that don't really pay a ton of attention to our TV broadcasters, check them out um, on the Super Bowl. Olsen's done a pretty nice job. Uh, as their lead analyst this year. And he's, I mean, you know, he's just recently uh, retired from football. So he's uh, he's really stepped in and done well there. So I, I hope whatever happens, uh, Olsen still kind of gets his due and uh, continues to grow in that profession because he, he's doing a nice job there. Um, so, and then Tampa kind of looking for a quarterback. You know, we'll see what happens there. They got one on, uh, they got one guy. And then I read that the Patriots said they're, they're going to try to do whatever they can to possibly sign him to a uh, maybe a one-day contract so he can retire as a Patriot. Who cares? That's symbolism. I've seen enough of Tom Brady over the course of his career. I appreciate uh, what he's done. I, it's not going to really hurt my feelings not seeing him anymore. Um, is he the GOAT, Chandler, of NFL quarterbacks, in your opinion? Uh, it depends on what criteria you're using. I think it's personal for everybody. Um, he'll never be the top one for me, but I'm old. Um, there's other guys I like better than him. If you just strictly go by numbers, then, yeah, he has to be because he's won more than anybody else, although I think that's a function of the teams he was on. But, um, you know, I'm I'm not going to have him as my number one simply because I just don't like the guy. That's really all it comes down to. If you like him, he can be your number one. If he's your number one, I'm not going to sit around and debate anybody about it. He'll never be number one for me because I don't like him. So. I got you. Um, so Taylor's not a huge fan of Mr. Brady. Okay. Uh, and I, I can understand it. Uh, it's crazy to me that one player uh, has more rings than any particular, any franchise. Of course, that's only because he got one in Tampa. Um, so yeah, I, I, I definitely see what you're saying. Like looking at the criteria of winning is the criteria of rings or whatever. I mean, obviously first ballot hall of famer, got all the records. Uh, congratulations on a great career. And I think that's all we need to say about Tom Brady. Uh, I'm done with that topic. Um, unless you got anything else to add on that, Taylor. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I want to, uh, I want to hit a couple of these other things around the NFL, and then we're going to jump to a couple other things. But just kind of starting uh, on the NFL, man, it's, it's, it's trouble in paradise. Uh, Joe Mixon looks to have a warrant out for his arrest for allegedly pointing a gun at somebody in Cincinnati. We got to deal with uh, what's the Josh Seals, who uh, has to face has been indicted, got to face court. Uh, just uh, four days after the Super Bowl, so some troubling things. We'll see how these things sort of uh, uh, play out. Chandler, I really want to go too elaborate into these, unless there's something you want to say about these. I want to move on to the coordinator things because I got a, I do have a few things to say about that. Uh, but just wanted to point those two pieces of news out. Uh, do you have any any comments on either one of those stories? Um, no, I'm not surprised. Uh, the, the Josh Sills thing. The only thing that bothers me is that the talking heads choose 
pick and choose who they want to make a big deal about. Because Sills is an offensive lineman. Nobody gave a damn that he should have been actually arrested already. This is this is two years of two years now, and he's finally being indicted. Okay, and not not one word has been said about it. Joe Mixon, this ain't Joe Mixon's first time. This ain't his first time. This ain't his first rodeo with domestic violence. So I got no sympathy for either one. And like I said, I want to just keep the same energy for these guys that you kept with guys that you don't like. That's it. I I really hope, uh, you know, one of the, one of the things that I think about when I when I look at some of this is, uh, I feel like there was a lot more negative energy around a guy like Ray Lewis twenty years ago than there is around either one of these cases. Uh, Nixon got in trouble in Oklahoma, uh, <clears throat> probably fell in the draft due to character concerns. And for those of you that don't know about this Josh Seals thing, um, <laughs> listen, there is uh, there is charges of rape and kidnap. Uh, so, uh, you know, we're not talking about we're not talking about little minor charges going on here. So, so we'll see how these things uh, pan out. I, I would say that uh, that neither one of them. Uh, Mixon, maybe even more so, um, you know, has has uh, a higher likelihood. But, you know, at this point, uh, I would say that nothing is guaranteed for these two guys going into <laughs> next season, but especially Mr. Seals. So I want to speak real quick um, on a couple of the things that we've seen. Uh, Chandler, you and I talked about briefly at the end of last week's show. Uh, these offensive coordinator positions. And my question was how many are going to be retreads? Well, maybe not as many out of the 10 that were just originally let go, but we do have a few of them kind of filled out. Uh, Let's see. We have Bill O'Brien hired by the New England Patriots to call plays there. Uh, That's, they need a, an offensive mind. I'm not sure if he's the right guy, but they need an offensive mind. We have Nathaniel Hackett was hired. Was it the Jets that hired him? Um, Nathaniel Hackett, former uh, Packers coach, just got hired as an offensive coordinator. Just kind of looking around the league. Uh my there's a few other ones, but my biggest beef right now with these hires is once again a lot of good old boy hires and a lot of white 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 uh when it comes to these hires and the next step up uh, a lot of your head coaching jobs come from successful coordinators. And so um, you really want to see things continue to uh, not even continue, but see things change more uh, and and get more black, slash African-American head coaches in this league. We need to continue to um, get more coordinators hired, right? Otherwise, uh, we're just repeating the same old tired narrative over and over and over again. Uh, so 
that's uh that's my thought on that. Chandler, anything you want to add before I go into Vic Fangio? Yeah, um, you know, it's it, what I find interesting is okay, so now all the stories are coming about coming out about Hackett being way over his skis as head coach. But yet you telling me that coordinators are like coaches of their groups. He couldn't coach a whole team. He couldn't manage a whole team. He was totally overwhelmed with trying to be in charge of an entire team. So let's just put him in charge of his group because he's already proven that he can't be in charge of nothing. Okay. Let's see how let's see how that works out for you. Then you got the the one that that, that really irritates me is the Kellen Moore one. That because here's what I keep hearing. Dallas Cowboys, the past four years, had the top four scoring offense. But what you also hear is when they get in the playoffs, Dallas Cowboys suck. The offense sucks. It's predictable. They don't make no adjustments. So whose fault is that? So when the Cowboys do well, Kellen Moore is a great offensive coordinator. And when they don't do well, uh, Dak Prescott is terrible because it's not on Dak Prescott to make uh, halftime adjustments. I mean, we've seen the Cowboys in the playoffs. Tell me when you've seen the Cowboys in the playoffs under Kellen Moore and that offense looked dynamic. It hasn't. But yet I keep hearing that now the San Diego Chargers are Super Bowl contenders. Okay, those two things don't make sense. You can't tell me this dude is a great offensive coordinator, but when his team's getting the playoffs, his team's offense is trash, but he's going to get the San Diego Chargers to the Super Bowl as the coordinator. Because last I checked, he was coordinator in Dallas for all those for all of those teams, right? So, Miss, it, it is. I find the 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 discourse extremely hypocritical. Okay, you're so insistent. And listen, I got no, I'm no I'm no great Dak Prescott lover. I think he is an average quarter, maybe above average quarterback. That's all he is. Accept him for what he is. But you can't keep telling me that he's that the offense is trash with him, and he and and he you know the offense is terrible. Blah 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 blah. But in the same breath, tell me that Kellen Moore is a great offensive coordinator. Those two things don't work because a great coordinator puts you in the best position to succeed. And all we saw this year was Kellen Moore was Dak Prescott throwing thirty-five to forty times a game, when that is not Dak Prescott's strength. So how many times a game is Justin Herbert going to throw? Fifty. Because we've already seen that out of Justin Herbert, with him trying to throw them out of games. But, you know, whatever, man. Y'all keep hiring the same people. Meanwhile, Eric Bieniemy has to leave Kansas City and go somewhere else so he can actually get credit for being a good offensive coordinator. And last I checked, Byron Leftwich don't have a job. But, all right, yeah, whatever. Tell him more. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the one that drove me crazy, and I'm glad you, you jumped on it first. Uh, I was almost so mad about it that the name escaped me when it was time to bring him up. Uh, I said many times during this past year, and uh, Chandler, I think you were on shows with me when I said it. I feel like at times, uh, there were a few times this year that I thought Kellen Moore called good games, but I said multiple times that Kellen Moore is guilty of playing Madden in the press box and just trying to throw the ball. That is not Dak's strength. And and I'll be honest with you, even a pass passer, you need to be able to have some semblance of a running game unless you're just going to do like a little pass at the backside of the backfield like, and that really kind of work as your running game. But 
yeah, I, I, last time I looked, the Chargers have an offensive coordinator who, to me, uh, is not as good as some people would think. There's a reason why he moved on from Dallas. The reason why Dallas moved on from him, I guess, is a better way to put it. And I don't care who your offensive coordinator is. You still have a very average head coach who cost you games this year and will cost you more next year. And for all the talent that it is on this Chargers roster, um, I feel like that eventually they're going to have to move on from Brandon Staley before they ever come close to maximizing that ceiling. And then at that point, we will see what that team does because eventually some of these contracts are about to come up too, so you've got to pay the piper um, at some point. Now, I keep hearing conflicting reports. Um, so Vic Fangio, who has been a longtime uh, coordinator in this league for multiple teams, including Denver, Chicago, multiple places. There was rumor came out a couple of days ago. He took the Miami job. And during the Sean Payton search, there was talk that Sean Payton wanted him to be his defensive coordinator. Uh, somebody told me today that he was going to go to Denver, but I read something this morning that said that uh, he was still going to eventually still take the job in Miami and become one of the highest paid assistant coaches in the league. So, um, Last I read was Miami, somebody in the barbershop on Clubhouse, cheap plug, shout out for barbershop, told me today that it was going to be Denver. So uh, stay tuned on what happens with uh, Nick Fangio. I will say that wherever he goes, I think uh, I think their defense will be in some pretty good hands for the most part. So uh, we'll see Miami. what happens. Oh, he is going to add his final call. Okay. That's what I read Official, this morning. That was the last report. That was the last report I read, and somebody corrected me today. And then I looked it up right before we went on air, and I saw Miami again. So, um, listen, Miami has weapons on the outside, on the offense, with Tariq Hill, uh, with Tyreek Hill, and with uh, Jalen Waddle. Kaseki's a decent tight end. Uh, they got some okay options in the running game. We will see what happens with Tua and or what happens at the quarterback position there. Um, if that defense uh, can improve, uh, they could be a problem in that AFC East. Uh, Buffalo already has to start making some uh, decisions on, you know, how to manage some of that roster. Some of these contracts are coming up this offseason, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, the salary cap is supposed to come up in the league this week. And shout-out to uh, – Shout out to the fact that we are going to have two black starting quarterbacks in the Super Bowl this year. We talked about last year. There was one week where uh, half the quarterbacks in the league that started were black, and we talked about how there was a uh, there's a time. There's still a lot of things that need to happen and a lot of good changes that need to be made um, in the coaching realm of things and in the uh, NFL world in general. Uh, but we have seen you know, at least in this generation, and this wasn't the case when I was younger, uh, we're seeing more and more black quarterbacks, and now we're seeing 
uh, not only one, but both quarterbacks, uh, the black quarterbacks for the Super Bowl. So uh, that at least does my heart some good to see that uh, be the case. Uh, so uh, that's my comments on that. Chandler, anything else you want to add on football before we move on? Well, who knows? By the end of the night, we might find our way back. But I think that's kind of where I am as far as uh, NFL goes. You got any other thoughts right now? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, call the number is 929-477-2759. But, yeah, that's pretty much it. I, I'm, I'm kind of – I'm over football now because I don't care who wins – well, I do care. But, yeah, I'm a little bit over it because – it's a, it's a whole show that can be done just on the lack of attention to the fact that there's two black quarterbacks the first time in the Super Bowl. Everybody should act like it's no big thing when it is, especially with all the coded language that was being used about Patrick Mahomes and that lead up to that game. But, yeah, we can move on from, from this league of hypocrites for right now. <laughs> all right. Uh, appreciate your thoughts there. Yeah, man, I'm I'm excited to see it. So, I, if, if nothing else, that's one of the reasons why I'm going to watch. Um, I, I have a lot of respect for both of those men and for their path to getting here and, and for, you know, how they have uh, forged their path. And I'm excited to see them both on the biggest stage. Now, next hot topic, uh, we were just talking about this briefly before we came on the air. Is WNBA free agency. It kind of started this week, Chandler, with uh, Candace Parker's announcement that she was going to go play with the Las Vegas Aces, go join the defending champs, and then the New York Liberty kind of struck back. Um, Brianna Stewart's going there. They've got Courtney Vandersloot. They had to trade for John Quill Jones. Uh, you put those three with Sabrina Ionescu uh, in that starting lineup. Uh, Liberty, Aces, any other things in uh, free agency you want to comment on or thoughts on both of these rosters or just your uh, your, your thoughts on the WNBA free agency and, and thoughts on what's coming up this season? Yeah, WNBA free agency has been bananas. I mean, it's been bananas. You know, I mean, you got Candace Parker on that Las Vegas Aces roster. So you got Leisha Clark, Chelsea Gray, Candace Parker, Kelsey Plum. All right, you got Asia Wilson, Jackie Young. They again the Aces roster. They they go ten deep, legitimately ten deep. Okay, you got Becky Hammond as the head coach. This is a team that is literally built to win, and and they are going to be one of the in in the WNBA Finals. Right? Then you look at what the Liberty's done. Now this is before they added anybody. Right? You had uh, the, the center Dolson INSQ. You had you got John Paul Jones, Ben Ben Nigelani, Michaela Onyewari, you got Diddy Riches, Kayla Thornton, Jocelyn Willoughby. Then you add in Brianna Stewart, you add in Courtney Vandersloot. Okay. You got the head coach in Bron- Sandy Brondello, who's won a championship before, by the way. And and you got Brianna Stewart who is taking less money, by the way, so that they can fit Courtney Vandersloot under the cap. And and you know what? This they got to pay these women. They got to pay these women. A super max was like two two hundred thousand dollars. That's a super max. Really? 
You only paying them two hundred thousand dollars. You gonna tell me that you can't you can't get charter them jets, man? Listen, <laughs> miss me with that nonsense. Um, they better be chartering damn flights this year because I'm not trying to hear about one of these teams being stuck at some damn airport two hours before a game. But if you just look at these two rosters, these two rosters are, are stacked. Um, I love the fact that you don't hear any players complaining about, oh, I can't believe such and such went to that team because apparently uh, these women don't have a problem with competition. You want to build a super team, we'll still beat you. Whereas in the NBA, all you got is all these guys wanted, oh, okay, he went and joined a good team, and this guy went and joined a good team. You know, these women say bring on the competition. By the way, that Seattle Storm team still has a decent roster. They still got Tina Charles. They still got Jewel Lloyd. They still got Epiphany Prince. They, they still got Gabby Williams. They haven't, they've lost some pieces, major pieces, but they are still going to be a team to be reckoned with. You know, then you look at the fact that you got, now everybody's leaving the sky, unfortunately, but they did add uh, Courtney Williams. Um, the Lynx added some good players. The Spark, you know, you got another uh, – Another player that had joined the Sparks, uh, Azura Stevens, uh, is went to the to the uh, L.A. Sparks. You got um, Sophie Cunningham with the Mercury. By the way, Brittany Grinder still hasn't even signed. She's still technically a free agent, even though she wants to. Um, she has said she wants to play for for uh, Phoenix, but she's still a free agent. All right. Um, then you got the whole. Di- then the you know the sad part is you got the the Derek Hamby thing that happened. With when she got traded from um, from the Aces to the Sparks and how she said they treated her and things they said to her about her being pregnant and that was kind of why they traded her according to her she said that basically told her we can't we can't trust you to not get pregnant again so we got to trade you which is some nonsense as far as I'm concerned but you know um, it's this season has been absolutely crazy. This free agency period has been absolutely crazy, but I love what the Liberty has done. And think about the fact that the Liberty can get the top-name players to come play for them in New York, and the Knicks can't. Knicks can't get nobody to come play for them. The Liberty really have been relevant championship, as a championship contender since Teresa Weatherspoon, let's be honest, okay? And they can get they can get premier free agents to come in the Knicks. I can't get nobody. <laughs> I hate the Dolans. But <laughs> the w- this, this season is going to be crazy. This season is going to be crazy in the WNBA. And, you know, do we got Allie Quigley is going to sit out another season. She's not retiring. She's on what they call a suspended list, which means she's going through some stuff. So hopefully at some point she can get her things together and, and – and, be able to get back on the court because she's a great player and I love. I miss seeing her play. Um, you know, we got listen. Kia Nurses is now a free agent. There's still some players out there for some teams to get get out there. But to me, I think your, your four teams are the Storm, the Mercury, Liberty, and the Aces. And everybody else honestly is playing for second place. They're all playing for first place. Everybody's playing for second place. But it's gonna be bananas this season, and I can't wait to see it. You know, blog talk is a little glitchy tonight. I can understand what you're saying, but uh, our blog talk, is, I don't know if I sound glitchy to you, uh, but it kind of sounds like it's cutting in and out. I don't want us to try to reestablish a connection and disrupt, but uh, we are a little bit glitchy tonight, so bear with us, Sports City, as we try to work through this. And the interesting, one of the interesting things about 
to me, the WNBA, um, and this is kind of, uh, I agree with you. I, I think it's those four teams playing for first, everybody else playing for fifth. <laughs> um, I look around, and, and this is the one sport, because of the way the season times out, that you have free agency, and then you have the draft. After free agency really hits. Um, and so we see how some of that kind of shakes out as well. Uh, obviously, we have a few difference makers uh, in the college game, like a girl, Leah Boston from South Carolina. Uh, and so we'll see, you know, if, if any of these kids can come in and and make a difference on any of these teams as well. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun uh, throughout this summer uh, to see how this sort of uh, – how this sort of plays out in the WNBA. Chandler, you got any other, uh, I agree with you, by the way, Uh, you know, if uh, all those comments I read about uh, the pregnancy and the way she was treated, all that is uh, sort of some shady conduct right there for sure. Uh, Any other WNBA comments that you can think of right now or any other thoughts before we move on? To the next topic. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at the schedule right now. Um, the 20th of May, you got the Aces at the Storm. That's listen. <laughs> that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be a crazy game right there. You know, you got Fever at the Lynx. You got the Storm at the Mercury. Um, like I said, we still talking about Brittany uh, Brittany Griner. Uh, man, then you got the Storm at the Liberty on July 8th. That game is gonna be that game's gonna be on fire. Right there, you, you if you near you can get tickets to the Barclays Center for that. You better go, you better go see it. I'm telling you now, that game is gonna be off the off the hooks, man. It's it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's like I said, man. This is such to me. Uh, um, this is a really important season to me for the WNBA and the fact that that there's a lot of of finally a lot of attention being paid. You got the super teams. You got people talking about the games, and I think this is the time for them to really make some hay. Uh, this is the time for the, for these teams and these owners, and hopefully the players union to get together and say, "Listen, we got to fly the, we got to fly our players charter. We have to do this because you need the best product out there. You can't have, you know, games where you've had your team sleeping in an airport and you got a big game. You know, um, can't have it. Can't have it." But this this season, I'm telling you, if you can get tickets to a game, y'all better get them now while the tickets are still cheap because it's going to be hard to get tickets for some of these teams. There's a lot of great teams here. And like you said, we haven't even gotten to the to the draft yet, okay? We haven't gotten to the draft yet. Like, who's going to get Caitlin Clark, you know? Who's going to get uh, Boston out of South Carolina, you know? Uh, who's going to get the young lady out of LSU whose name – just just left me. Um, I can't think of her name. Angel Reese. Uh, really good Angel Reese. Angel there you Reese. go. Thank you. Thank you. Um, listen, I, I, got the LSU, imagine, I got the LSU loan line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, imagine one of these teams getting one of them. Okay? Now, like this guy just lost Courtney Vandersloot, lost Courtney Vandersloot, right? Imagine him with Caitlin Clark. Now, Caitlin Clark is kind of small, and I don't think she's going to have the same – Impact 
Like, I don't think she's going to be no 30 point a game scorer her first season, but I don't think she's, easy, she's an easy 20 point a game player just based on the fact that her shot is so pure. Now, imagine one of these teams, you know, that we're talking about getting one of these players. Dude, are you kidding me? It's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's got to the though, man. She can knock them down. Yes, yes. I was actually watching uh, them play Maryland right now, so it's going to be really, really fun. Um, and if you're not really overly familiar with the WNBA, you're kind of just getting into it because you're hearing about all the hype, watch some of the women's college basketball, watch LSU, watch Tennessee, watch South Carolina, watch Iowa. And these are some of the ladies that's got some of these players that's going to be coming out. Um, so you can get, get you a little primer for what's getting, getting ready to happen because I'm telling you, this season, I think this is the season where we the, the this league and these players finally get the recognition they deserve, finally get a lot more respect, um, and people really understand just how good this brand of basketball is. So, um I, as you can tell, I'm kind of into, into WNBA, always have been. But, um, you know, I've been in the women's basketball, you know, going all the way back to uh, Vivian, C. Vivian Stringer and and, and uh, Pat Summit. you know. So, for me, it's, it's just really – I'm really happy that it's come this far and gotten to this point where we can be excited about the free agency in the WNBA. But, yeah, I think it's going to be a really, really, really fun season. LSU. Speaking of LSU, they got a victory over Tennessee on Monday night to go to twenty-one and zero. They play tonight and Sunday. Uh, I want to say Georgia, and I don't remember who the other game was against. Maybe A and M. Then they have a week off at next Sunday, a week from this coming Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. Actually, um, LSU is going to South Carolina uh, to play. So. Uh, they're going to be prohibited underdogs in that game, but that'll be a game definitely uh, definitely worth watching. So you mentioned uh, Iowa. I read a story <laughs> before we um, went on the air today that was a fairly interesting one. <laughs> so Illinois plays at Iowa this weekend in a Big Ten basketball game on the men's side. Well, Illinois has uh, their alumni base, their student base, they call it the Orange Crush section. And so they take a big trip every year to a road game and try to fill out a section. So (laughs) what happened is They work to get these things at a discounted rate. So apparently, somebody from representing this Orange Crush organization uh, for the Illini, fighting Illini, let me get that part right, uh, made a a phone call to Iowa. And uh, I guess they do this most years to try to get discounted rates. So they say that they're trying to get group tickets for like a local boys and girls club. Kind of dirty way to get discounted tickets. So they get the discounted seats and 
there's a bunch of them. I, f- I forget it was like 300 or something. Um, so they, they get the seats. But apparently something came out, somehow leaked through the social media, whatever else. University of Iowa figured out this was not for a boys and girls club type thing. So they canceled the tickets. They refunded the organization. Now, the organization had a bus chartered and everything for fans to ride from Champaign, Illinois to Iowa City, Iowa. Uh, (laughs) But since they lost out of the reservation since it was the last week, they're claiming that they're going to be at a net loss this year of about three or $4,000 for having done this. <laughs> and so the University of Iowa has then taken their, uh, the tickets since they refunded the money and kept their tickets. They are donating them to a local boys and girls club in the Cedar Rapids area, which is just outside of Iowa City, about 20, 30 minutes north. <laughs> and so they're actually going to have local boys and girls from the Boys and Girls Club from the state of Iowa actually come and use those seats that the Illini uh, Booster Club or whatever it is, the Orange Crush organization was going to use. And so they're mad because they were canceled last minute, and it's going to cause a net loss for them. Um, but you can say what you want. They got them under false pretenses. And uh, so it's just kind of a uh, just kind of a fun story. Feeds a little fuel to that uh, to that rivalry, I guess. Uh, but there you go. That's my uh, random useless story of the night. Taylor, do you follow men's college basketball at all? Yeah, well, you know, I'm St. John's guy, so yeah, I have to follow it because my team's never any good. So yeah, I, I, I heard about that, man. And listen, first of all, if you have the time to be traveling to see your co- your favorite college team, I'm not trying to hear about you being uh, in the red. That means you got some money. That means you got right. a lot of income, first of all. Secondly, I want the University of Illinois should um, revoke any anything that you have to do with, with that particular booster group. You you need to renounce it, anything that you have to do with that booster group. Their seats, whatever it is, things that they do, you need to get rid of it because that's just foul. That is foul. All the way across, that is foul. Um it, it, stuff like that pisses me off so much because keep in mind these are these are not kids doing this. These are grown middle aged adults in these booster groups. Okay, these are middle aged. Life crisis want to be frat boys. <laughs> you know, these people in these forties in their forties and fifties. I'm not trying to hear you doing some nonsense like this, man. Come on. But then when some kid makes a mistake, some seventeen, eighteen year old does something. Oh, I can't believe they should know better. Dude, you're 50 years old and you're trying to scam tickets. Shut up. <laughs> I, I definitely I definitely agree. I couldn't say that. Uh, I couldn't say that any better. Uh, but <laughs> that's, uh, that's interesting. Uh, Chandler, I'm going to go a little bit off course and throw something out there that uh, is probably of very little interest to you, so I'll be quick about it. Uh, last Friday night on uh, Big Ten Network, we had the top two uh, college wrestling teams in the country, Iowa and Penn State wrestle. Penn State won, as thought. 
did not quite have as much excitement as I would have liked to have seen in one dual match, which had 10 matches. Um, there was only 18 total takedowns. So it was a little lacking for action a little bit, but both of those teams are back in action tomorrow night on Big Ten Network. At six, Penn State's wrestling Ohio State, who just came off a big upset of Michigan, who was ranked third in the polls. And then at eight o'clock, uh, well, seven o'clock Eastern is when that one is. And at nine o'clock tomorrow night, I was hosting Minnesota. So I think you're going to see a little bit more of a separation between these guys. So uh, if you care about wrestling or you wanted to watch, that's happening tomorrow night. One other thing, and this is going to be on a, on the Rock fan, Rock fan platform, so many people won't necessarily have this, but I bet it will come out through ESPN. But for the second year in a row, Oklahoma State is actually hosting a match at the Texas Rangers ballpark, which is kind of an interesting setting. So they do it outside on the baseball diamond. They have a uh, uh, the mat set up basically between the mound and second base out there. Uh, but Michigan is actually going down to uh, Arlington or whatever suburb that park is in, and they're wrestling Oklahoma State tomorrow night at 8 Eastern. So those are all three interesting matches that are coming down. We're get, going down the home stretch of that as well. That actually first weekend of March is the uh, conference championships, and then the national tournament is happening in Tulsa this year. And that usually happens, or that always happens the first weekend of March Madness. So the same weekend that we have the 64. Uh, that's when that goes down, but that's just a sport I'm passionate about. So I want to throw that out there. And we have had in the history of the sport, four guys in the entire history of the sport accomplished the four for four, four national championships in four seasons. Um, and we actually have a chance to add two to that number this year. We can have as many as six after this season. There are two guys. Uh, that have a shot at that, and they're both looking pretty good. So you got uh, Spencer Lee at 125 pounds, a kid from Iowa. Um, and I tell you what, if you don't watch anything else, uh, just tomorrow night, and they're probably going to start at 125. They may do something different and start somewhere else. But if they start at 125, uh, that guy's always must-see uh, in wrestling. They will start uh, – he's wrestling a guy from Minnesota who is a three-time All-American in his own right. Uh, but that'll be fun to see. And then there's a kid from Cornell named Yanni Diakamahalas who wrestles 149 pounds. He's done a lot for the U.S. even on the world stage, but he's the other guy that has a chance at four titles. So I just wanted to get my college wrestling spiel that I try to get out once or twice a year. Uh, so I got that out of my system. Anything you care to add or put into that, Chandler? We want to move on. Um, no, it, it, you know what? I used to be into it when I was younger because it was one of the few sports that, you know, um, you didn't have to be big to do. You know what I'm saying? You, you could be a little guy and, and you know, be, be a wrestler and be a top-flight wrestler. So I liked it. I actually liked it more than – I started off with WWF, and then I got into the college and, and the, you know, the Olympic wrestling. Um, once I realized that, you know, pro wrestling was a soap opera, and I don't like soap operas. But um, I haven't been into it for a while so it's good to hear that, that they're doing things like that. I bet that's probably an amazing atmosphere. They're on the diamond doing that because whether people believe it or not, uh, uh, college wrestling fans show up. They show up for real. So um, um, good luck to them, to those those people that are doing it. Um, probably be a lot of fun. I might actually check that out now that I know about it. Like I said, I haven't really followed wrestling in a while. 
Um, so I think there was something though, since we since we kind of getting in the weeds and stuff. Something I did want to talk about. I don't know if you heard about this. So in Vermont, at a middle school basketball game, did you hear about this? What happened? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Tell the story. A brawl amongst the spectators at a middle school basketball game in Vermont. I'm going to say that again. A middle school basketball game in Vermont. Spectators had a brawl. 60-year-old man died. What the hell is wrong with people, man? Seriously. It's seventh and eighth grade. Okay, you know what? It is not that damn serious. It's really not. This is the second time in, what, four months that at some child's sporting event, somebody, you had the one with um, Keith Talese's brother shooting somebody, and now you got this. All you adults need to grow the hell up. These are seventh and eighth graders. Nobody's going to the NBA after the damn game. Most of those kids don't even want to play in the NBA. They just like playing because it's fun. And these grown-ass people out there fighting in the stands. Over what? Over what? And now somebody's dead. Because these grown-ass people can't control themselves at a 7th, 8th grade basketball game. Because it's that damn serious, right? It's that damn serious. You know, you know, the, I, a long time ago, I used to um, coach, like, Little League Baseball. And, and the biggest reason I got out of it, and I'm talking about going back to the 80s, I got out of it was because of the parents and the adults involved, because they were all major assholes. So a man is dead because a group of adults couldn't control themselves at a middle school basketball game. That's just a damn shame. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, you well said, man. You couldn't you couldn't have said that any better. Uh, you know, one of the things that that I try to think about, and I guess the the message that I will add, just to sort of add on top of that. But real quick, before I do, nine two nine four seven seven two seven five nine is our calling number. Mister Knight and I are with you for the next uh, forty minutes or so. Uh, so if you got comments or thoughts you want to get in, feel free to give us a call. And, and join in with us. <clears throat> but one of the things that I think about, I'm a father. My son lives with me. He will be 12 in about a month and a half. I'm very conscious and try to be. None of us are perfect. But my interactions with him my interactions with my partner, my interactions with other people are examples for him, are teaching him things. These adults didn't do any favors for any of those children. You didn't teach anything about sportsmanship. Chandler mentioned it earlier when kids that are 17, 18, 19 years old 
People won't let Jameis Winston forget about crab legs to this day. Um, people want to point fingers. If you really think about it, uh, I heard this one time, and it, it's kind of true. Whereas if you point a finger at somebody else, you got at least three or four fingers pointing right back at you. Uh, and there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, we want to point fingers about what people are doing, forgetting that a lot of times our actions and our attitudes and the way we conduct ourselves or carry ourselves are going to serve as even more of an example than any words that come out of our mouth. Pictures worth a thousand words, well, so is an action. And if we want better for young people, if we want generations to get better and evolve in the way that they treat people, and as adults, we have to be that damn example. We have to show that. We have to be that. If you can't do it, you know, there's an old like sarcastic expression that says those that can't do teach. Um, but in this case, if we can't do it and we can't model that kind of behavior, then how the hell can we expect the world to be a better place? At the end of the day, it would do all of us good to remember that no matter what we say, we can wrap it up in the prettiest of words. No matter what we say, how we present it, how we talk about it, what kind of discussions that we have, our actions are going to speak to the next generation, to our kids, to our friends' kids, to our nieces and nephews, to those of us, those of you that are old enough, to your grandkids, um, our actions and the way we conduct ourselves and the way we handle ourselves, those are going to be the lessons that are taken. Anybody that's ever taught before sometimes has been up in front of a class and you meant to teach this lesson or this is what you wanted to get across. But maybe because something spun off in a different direction or because of the way you carried yourself on a different topic. It was other life lessons that came across to the people that you were working with that day or teaching that day Um, because your actions are going to speak much louder than your words. So um, an older person, uh, not even old, but an older person than me, lost their lives in a situation, lost their life in a situation that was, I'm not even going to say ignorance. I'm going to say sheer stupidity. Ignorance is a simple like lack of knowledge. Stupidity is knowing better and not doing better. And uh, just in a moment of sheer stupidity, somebody lost their life. Whatever it was, was not important enough to even be fighting in the first place, let alone cause such catastrophic collateral damage. So uh, I know that in a lot of ways, talking with Chandler here and a lot of our listeners, I'm, I'm definitely preaching to the choir. But let's all do better and be mindful. You know, uh, I grew up in a time where discipline sometimes with a loud voice and a hard hand or whatever else a parent could find to put on your backside. Uh, and 
sometimes that is what's needed. You've heard the expression, spare the rod, spoil the child. That's an old expression right there, right? But along the same lines, I read something a couple of days ago that said, we can't be yelling at our children first thing in the morning or right before they go to bed or as soon as they come home and expect them to have a good day and expect them to be productive. Our voices, the things we say, and even more importantly, what we do and how we conduct ourselves is the most powerful example that we can be. So let's do better, America. Anybody out there, let's make sure that we do better because there's just no sense in all that. And it's sad. It's sad that we have to take the time to, you know, each week to point out some of the nonsensical things that happen in the world Mm -hmm. or injustices and how that same energy isn't coming. But one thing that I can say is a round table gumbo in here with sports city, we try to be the conscious of of things and and at least make sure that uh, uh, voices are heard and, and takes are made, especially, I mean, we, we watch other things on television. We get tired of hearing certain narratives. Uh, you heard uh, Chandler mention one earlier tonight uh, leading up into that uh, Cincinnati-Kansas City game last week. So we try to give you our spin on things and try to bring levity to situations because a lot of times people get caught up in the moment. And I don't know. Uh, one, one thing that I really enjoy about our time together, Chandler, is we both try to uh, inject some uh, realism into uh, into the sporting world and what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's crazy, and 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 I'll get off it. But everybody everybody thinks that that spare the sport of child is about oh beating your kid. Um, no, I grew up in a household full of violence. That's not really what it means. What it means is if you don't have discipline. You can discipline a child without ever putting your hands on them, just by having a conversation. Um, I, you know, I've, I've never, I don't have children. And for whatever reason, most times I've ever, anybody I've ever dated, they had kids. Go figure, right? <laughs> and what I would always do is I would just have conversations with the children. I would talk to them like they were human beings and say, okay, this is what you did. Do you know why your mother's upset? because I did that. No, that's not why she's upset. She's upset because you lied. What if you had just told the truth? Do you think you still got in trouble? Yeah. Do you think it would be as bad? No. Okay. You know, conversations, discipline. This is why you're being punished, not just punished. This is why this is happening. If you tell a kid why, you know, that goes actually for anybody. If you tell them why, if you get them to understand why, everything else that comes makes sense. You know, I used to tutor adults in math, and one of the things I always tried to get them to understand was the why. Why are you solving for X? Why are you using this formula? Once they understood why, the light bulb would go on, and they would start learning it. Bam, bam, bam. Oh, this is so easy, because now they know why. It's not just because I said so. It's not just, well, because this is what you do. Tell people why. And when you tell people why something's happening, it's amazing, amazing how much simpler and easier things become. Does that mean people don't still make mistakes? No, it doesn't. But it means that when it has to be 
be some kind of, of, of consequences behind it, they understand the consequences more and they get more out of the consequences than just, well, you broke this, so now you punished, and I ain't going to say why, but just because I said so. So that's it. All right, I'm done. I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> now, there's a lot of truth to that, you know, because, you know, I grew up in a household where because I said so and don't talk back, otherwise you're going to catch it back in. Uh, like, uh, and so I, I've tried to do that, that, that same exact thing as with, with my child. Like, let's talk about why. Let's have these conversations. And I think that's uh, that's an important thing about life in general. And at the end of the day, uh, just to tie it all together, why is this broad nonsensical other than the fact that somebody lost their life? It's nonsensical because you're not teaching people to be better. You're actually um, you're actually imparting some very bad life lessons on people and. And then you wonder why somebody doesn't get their way the next day at school or whatever else. Now they decide it's okay to, you know, put their hands on somebody. Uh, and that, that's not the way the world needs to work. So let's move on. Uh, let's move on from that. Uh, Chandler, we have uh, two weeks now uh, before pitchers and catchers report. Um, one of the interesting things that I found that I really, really like uh, this year is that for the first time in many, many years, if we don't have weather delays or rainouts and everything else, every team is scheduled to open up, open up on the same day this year. Now, there's only five games on that Friday, but a full slate of games on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, But every single team in the major leagues is set to open on the same day instead of you having to wait, oh, my team don't play till day two or whatever. Um, So I I think that's kind of a – I think that's an interesting twist that we're going to get everybody on opening day. And we're going back to a more uh, balanced schedule instead of the – the imbalance schedule that that we had before. So real quick, uh, before we kind of hit what that schedule does look like, you got any thoughts on everybody opening up on the same day and what that kind of looks like? I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it because, again, I'm old for those that haven't realized that yet. The very first game that's supposed to be played is supposed to be in Cincinnati. Supposed to be the Reds playing against somebody. That's the way it's always yeah, been. Yeah, I agree. Um, and they're not doing that this year, I believe. I don't believe they're doing that. I got a problem with that because once again, it's Rob Manfred screwing with with baseball. You know, um, people who are who really love baseball, we like when this kind of staggered because guess what? I get to watch all the games. I can watch those five games first day, then the next day I can watch some games, the next day I can watch them. You know, I get to see all the teams before all the injuries and this and trades and blah, 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 So, I mean, I get it, but I don't know. I'm old, man, and I kind of like things <laughs> in my day, you know. <laughs> I mean, it, <laughs> 
I wish the Red. I wish I, the Reds were the first pitch on opening day, any day. Like I feel like the very first pitch of any of any baseball season should be thrown in Cincinnati. Like yeah. I, I 100% agree with you there. But, for yeah. fantasy purposes, I, I, for fantasy purposes, I do like the idea of everybody locking up on the first day. But but I definitely get your point um, as far as that goes. But I, so my next my next thing well, though was that I was going to ask you about is. Um, so there's, I don't want this necessarily to be a discussion about interleague whether that should not should or should not be a thing because we we can't do anything about that. But instead of playing, so I'd like to go here first. Instead of playing like 19 games against each of your division opponents, now we are going down to 13. So we're slashing some of those. So you basically get 52 games in your uh, division out of your 162, so almost a third. Um, You're playing basically six, seven games against uh, the other teams in your league. And then you are playing uh, at least a three-game series against everybody. against everybody from the other league now. Uh, now you have your natural rivalry that you're playing a few games against, like, I don't know, I think it's for the Braves, it's the Red Sox, whatever. So, uh, But you you are seeing, instead of just playing one division on the other side, you're going to play everybody uh, from the other league and then not quite as many division games. So your thoughts on, on that schedule change, Chandler? Once again, I'm going to be the curmudgeon, not a fan. I don't care about the Yankees playing the Rockies in August. I really don't, okay? I don't want to see them playing um, the Miami Marlins in September. I want more games in my division, you understand what I'm saying, in my league. I want more games in my league because that's what's going – listen – a series against the, the, the Rockies in August shouldn't help decide the pennant, man. It really shouldn't. You know, look, Rob Manfred is, is a clown. So that's six less Yankees Red Sox games, that's six less six less Mets Phillies, uh Phillies Braves, Dodgers Giants, Padres Dodgers. That's six less games. Every game is important, especially early in the season. So you can't win the pennant in May, but you can damn sure lose it. You can damn sure lose it. So those games against your 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 interdivision, interleague, you know, interleague, not not the interleague, but intra league opponents. Those games matter. Those games are important. And so now, you know, okay. Um, the Mets just, and I'm not a Mets fan, the Mets just got done playing the Marlins. Um, so now let's fly them to California so they can play the Angels. And then let's fly them back across the country to Colorado. It's stupid. It's stupid. And it's Rob Manfred trying to reinvent something that does need to be reinvented. The biggest issue with baseball is the lack of rivalries. 
is the lack of, of teams playing each other, and it's also the fact that most of the announcers are clowns and all they do is complain about the length of games. That's the problem with baseball. Not the fact that the Yankees ain't going to go play the damn Colorado Rockies. But, hey, what do I know? So, sorry, it's interesting because a lot of that I agree with you on. I, I, I will present the one counter-argument or flip side to that, and that is as a fan, as a fan, at least every other year, you have a chance to see guys that maybe you would not normally get to see in person play. So, for example, as a Braves fan, you might get a chance every two years to see, say, a Mike Trout. Or, uh, you know, I, they, they play the Yankees most years because they would play in the East, but Aaron Judge or whatever. Um, so, you know, w- one of the things that I think about, at least growing up, before you can get so much on TV if you didn't get the Braves and Cubs as the game of the week, there are a lot of good players in the game that you really never got to see. Um, and so that is, to me, the only positive uh, part of this is the fact that as fans, if you want to go buy tickets, you may get a chance to see players that you would not have normally gotten to see uh on a normal on a normal basis uh, every year, so that that's that's the only positive side to this change in the schedule. Uh, now it's interesting to me because I recently had a conversation with a guy who works in media for baseball, and he is older than me, and so I was very very surprised to hear him say this, and I very very vehemently argue with him about this, and Chandler, you're going to hate this as much as me. Um, <laughs> and so uh, baseball eventually is probably going to add two more teams. I don't know when it's going to happen, but they're starting to look into expansion. There are certain cities that uh, they're going to uh, at least announce that are being considered. I know Nashville, there's been talk. There's been talk of Portland. Uh, there's been talk of uh, a few different places, um, but uh, been talk of Montreal again. Um, who knows? But somebody told me that when they go to thirty-two teams, uh, this man tried to tell me that we need to break down into sort of regions, kind of thing and even completely go away from the idea of having two separate leagues, especially since now we have the DH on both sides and whatever. Uh, I am not a fan of that. I don't ever want to see that, and I hope that never comes to pass. Uh, So I'll I'll just throw that out there. Yeah, well, but see, that's the thing. Rob Manfred has been trying to destroy baseball since he took over as commissioner. He's turning it into a regional thing, which is why the viewership is down. They keep wanting to say, well, it's because baseball is so slow. No, it's not. It's because you keep screwing with the game. I don't have a problem with you adding two teams, although I have a problem with the fact that one of those teams is going to come from Oakland, a city that baseball has been trying to hold hostage for years now. The owners of the Oakland A's have more than enough money. Build your own damn stadium. 
okay? The taxpayers shouldn't be funding stadiums. But I don't have a problem with that. But this whole, well, we don't need this and we don't need that. You know what, what made make most people fall in love with sports? Rivalries. 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 Okay, if you grow up with a family of sports nuts, your whoever, uncle, brother, grandpa, whatever, they like this team. Everybody likes that team. So just to be contrary, you start rooting for the other team. Okay, sometimes it's just to be contrary, and then you fall in love with that team, or it's because you you know you don't like how how they you know whatever whatever causes you to root for the other team. So now you're the now you're the lone you're the outlier. Okay, now you got some status. Now people are having conversations. Why do you root for that team? Guess what? Now people are paying attention to you. Whatever it is that caused you to do that, rivalries. You and your best friend constantly arguing about which player is better. Well, I like my guy over here. Well, my guy over here is way better than your guy. Okay? Batman versus Superman, the Hulk versus Superman, you know, whatever. People Rivalry. love sports. Be- fall in love with sports because of the rivalries. My player that I like is better than the player that you like or the team I like is better than your team. It's not supposed to be a homogenized clap trap. The American well, League uh, is better than that. National League better than the American League. These things matter to people. They matter. I don't care if they watch it on their phone, their iPad, their laptop, do a VR headset. These things matter. And what baseball is doing is spitting in the face of fans because they want to get a quick buck. That's really, to me, that's what that is. I don't have a problem putting a team in Nashville. I don't want to see a team in Portland. You already have a team for that, for that Portland fan base. It's called Seattle Mariners. Okay? Leave that area alone. Let the leader leave that alone. But, yeah, put a team in Nashville. Absolutely. Put a team in Montreal. Absolutely. Should have been a team back in Montreal. Because if the owners hadn't screwed up in '94, Expos would have probably been in, been in the playoffs. Probably that team, that team probably would have gone to the World Series. That team was stacked. And then, much like Toronto, you would have a generational following. You know what kept baseball in Toronto? The fact that they wound up in the World Series. And won two of them back to back. Yep. Yeah, and then suddenly you had baseball fans in Toronto. You had people who didn't give a damn about the Blue Jays. They started winning championships. Oh, let's follow them. Now you got people who've grown up as Blue Jays fans based on the fact that their parents got into it because of those World Series teams, because of those great teams. That's all you got to do. You want to build a fan base. You want to build the grassroots. You want to plant seeds and have generations of fans. Put a winning product on the field and stop screwing with the game. Yeah, I mean, that's a fact. And to, and to your point, uh, when I was a kid, my father was a big Boston Celtics fan. Loved him some Larry Bird. Larry Bird could play. I don't care what anybody says. Larry Bird could play. Um, and so I watched. And I kind of followed Larry a little bit and watched Boston. But the first time I stayed up late and they had went out on a regular season game, I remember it to this day, watched it on TBS, and they played 
and the fabulous Western Forum. And they played the Los Angeles Lakers with Magic and Byron and Big Game James and A.C. Green and the Sky Hook and Kareem in the middle with the Sky Hook and Cooper coming off the bench, D.N.F. Larry. This team ran up and down, showtime, fast breaks. Oh, this was exciting. To this day, 35, 37 years later, whatever it is, to this day, I'm still a Lakers fan for that reason. Now, we've had some downtimes too. Uh, and part of it was to get under my pop skin, right? Uh, but part of it was it was just so much fun to watch a big guy, 6'9 point guard, do the things that he did on the court, get everybody involved, and put up the kind of numbers uh, that they put up. And like I said, that team was up and down. They weren't slow and plotting or whatever. They were exciting. Um, so for a kid, they were lighting up, the, you know, watching them light up the scoreboard like that. And Kareem with that shot that nobody could touch. That, listen, I was hooked. <laughs> Plus, they had the same purple and gold as LSU. My father was a Mississippi State fan, but I always had family from Louisiana, so I was an LSU fan. I could always get on his nerves then, too. I still remember riding in the car when I was about uh, 10 years old or so. <laughs> Mississippi State played LSU, and we were driving back, listening to the end of it on the radio. And this was before my dad got to where he didn't quite care as much. But LSU beat Mississippi State that night 47 to nothing. I was laughing about it, and he was just getting madder, madder, madder. But to your point, rivalries. Uh, that that's that's what matters. That's why that's why you see in the South and Big Ten country and whatever, that's why you see uh football have so much credit. That's why even when if Saint John's is down, people still care when they get together with Seton Hall or Georgetown, right? Because those are rivalry games. Uh so rivalries do matter. I, I think that there is something to be said for being able to have different stars come to your hometowns uh, that maybe you wouldn't normally get to see. But I think that we got to be careful how much we break things up. Uh, we don't need to be taking away the National League and the American League. We don't need to break, uh, get too cute. I, I think uh, you're trying to, when you go to modernizing too much, it it's spitting in the face of tradition, right? And we we don't need to do that. Uh, 929-477-2759 is our caller number. Uh, Mr. Chandler Knight and I are with you for the next oh, 11 minutes or so. Uh, yeah, right at 11 minutes right now. Uh, so uh, I got on my soapbox about baseball a little bit. We've covered basketball. We've covered the WNBA. Cover football, even talked a little bit of uh, college wrestling tonight. We uh, talked about nonsensical brawls in Vermont. Uh, any other topics that you can think of that you want to serve up before we wrap it up tonight, Chandler? Uh, you right. Something is going on, Blog Talk, because I set this up for holy crap. This is my fault. Um, so if you need to bang out, that's fine. I set up for I set up for 120 minutes. That's two okay. hours, not 90 minutes. <laughs> oh, I got you. Well, whatever was happening with the glitch is gone. So we're, we're fixed on that. 
Yeah, but it just dawned on me that I said 90 minutes and I literally was looking at 120. Um, I'm sorry, everybody. Um, wow. Apparently, I can. I, I don't know. I can't tell time anymore because um, I'm sitting there looking at the time. He keeps saying it's 30 minutes left. I'm like, how is it this much time left? Okay, but yeah. Um, wow. So baseball. <laughs> Welcome to live radio, people. Um, I, you know what? I find it interesting that you got some guys now getting money and people are complaining and this and that. But I, the Artie, Artie Moreno is now not going to sell the Angels. So like, yeah, an unfinished business. Um, you've owned that franchise for what twenty years, and you got rid of the one manager who knew what he was doing. You signed a bunch of big names that you shouldn't have. Then you got rid of them because you were mad about the money you were spending, um, even though you went out and and said, "I want this guy." You have yet to put a winning team around a generational ball player in Mike Trout. Now, I'm not as in love with Mike Trout as, as most people, but he is a generational player, okay? And now when you had an opportunity to sell this team so that someone could actually run it properly, now you don't want to sell the team. And when Shohei leaves at the end of the season, because he's going to leave, because they still that's not a winning team. That is still not a winning team because they still have no pitching. They still have no pitching. You gave you gave Anthony Rendon all this money, and Anthony Rendon, unfortunately, has been hurt for the majority of his contract. He's been hurt. Trout is constantly getting hurt. Oh, you finally figured out a way to keep Otani healthy, but the rest of the team around him is trash. Oh, and your minor league system is garbage. Artie Moreno, you need to sell this damn team. Stop torturing those fans in that area of Southern California, okay? Let it go, man. Go away. You got your money. Go away. Yeah, I I thought with some of the conduct things that Moreno went through, I thought that this was going to be done and taken care of as far as him selling and getting rid of his team. And that did not happen. Uh, I, I was surprised to see that he wasn't going to sell because everything that I'd heard uh, leading up to this point was they were looking for buyers uh, for this team. So uh, I feel like that this Artie Moreno move is something that is going to have to happen uh, for this team to be able to be successful. Uh, you know, it, it's interesting because right in the regular season, the Angels made a couple moves, uh, got a few other players, and people were kind of excited about what they did. Um, and then <laughs> uh, Seattle makes a few moves. Houston adds a Brayu. <laughs> Uh, Texas makes the moves that they did. And they clearly get pushed uh, down the pecking order again. Um, This is, uh, you know, we'll see what they can put together this year. But to me, it's a shame to have a guy who was consensus the best player in baseball for several years. And now Otani 
the star that he is. Um, you you got two meteoric stars on on the same team, and they haven't even been able to sniff the playoffs slash postseason. So uh, I'm not sure. It, it, it it's sad to me to see, um, and if they don't show any tremendous progress or really do some things, uh, Otani's going to be gone uh, after this season. And then you're left with an aging Mike Trout who is probably going to still be going to be fighting injuries over the extent of his career. So we'll see uh, how much he can stay healthy. We've already kind of started to see these things linger. And, uh, you know, we – and we saw last year the the back injury, spinal injury, that people say could threaten his the rest of his career. So, uh, you know, he says he can manage it. He has to prepare differently. But, um, you know, this this is one of the few occasions in sports where uh, we haven't had the opportunity to see uh, one of the best players in the game in any way on a postseason stage. So yeah, uh, Moreno has been more like George Steinbrenner, the Steinbrenner that would just sign you because you were a star player, no matter whether you were good or not, but you were a star name, so he would sign you. Um, I mean, right now Mike Trout, and the thing is, big Mike Trout is getting the cold too many shots. Mike Trout should not be playing the outfield. If you truly want to keep him healthy, you make him a part-time outfield and a full-time DH. Okay. You go ahead and let Joe Adele come up and damn play every day. Dude, these are some of the names that's going to be in their starting lineup. Max Stassi. Max Stassi is probably going to be a starting catcher. Oh, they signed Brandon Drury. Because, you know, Brandon Drury, that journeyman who had who's had two good seasons in his career. Right? You got Anthony Rendon coming off yet another injury. Louis Renhifo, good young player. Oh, they brought over Gio Urshela so he can hit 260 and drive in 50 runs. Look, oh, we got Hunter Renfro. And this roster stinks, man. The best pitcher on your roster is Tyler Anderson. Tyler Anderson is at best a middle-of-the-road pitcher. That's, that, that's his ceiling. Tyler Anderson should be a middle rotation starter on a good team, not a front of rotation starter on a team that claims they want to try to make the playoffs. This is what you're running out there. It's ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. Tyler Anderson is a number one starter for a fourth place team. Uh, and that's uh, I mean, that's. I mean, and, and who else is in that? Who else do you have in that rotation? I mean, I, I, I can't even. Uh, you got the kid you who got, threw um, the no hitter last year, Reed Detmers. Right. Um, um, didn't wind up sending back down, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he came uh, back up later, and then I mean, Otani, you got him, right? Like he's he's got eight yeah. stuff. Yeah, uh, let's see. 
You got Jaime Berea, who um, I think he's already peaked. Griffin Canning, meh. You know, yeah, you got Reed Detmer. Griffin Canning's arm, I'm surprised his arm hasn't fallen off yet, as many arm injuries as he's had. Exactly. I mean, you know, you saw Aaron Loop in the bullpen is, is just kind of a swing guy. Sandal, Patrick Sandoval, it's uh, – this entire team is just meh. It's meh. <laughs> it's meh. So, so we go from meh as we get ready to sign out of here in Florida City. Uh we we are going to have a lot more. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the Super Bowl next week. I'm sure we'll have some other coordinator announcements and different things. Um, there's always something for uh, Chandler and I to focus on. So, man, Chandler, this is always a pleasure, man. Uh, Roundtable gumbo. Do you have? Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and give you a second to throw out any uh, closeouts or anything you want to get out there before we uh, knock off tonight. Nah, a lot of fun as always. Thanks for showing up, man, and uh, enjoy your night. Hey, man, once again, check out uh, sportscitychefs.com, the blog, website, everything we got going on. Check out the barbershop on Clubhouse. Don't forget phiapparel.co. Use the promo code CHEFS at checkout. Uh, thanks to Blog Talk Radio for fixing the glitch. Uh, shout out to the big homie Timeless TP. If it wasn't for him, wouldn't be here, man. Uh, shout out to the other chefs as well. We've got uh, Barry the Villain Jordan. Check out the show last night. They did the Giants uh, postseason recap. Uh, check out Sirius uh, Simmons and all the stuff he does. He hosts the NFL Free For All. Got other shows right now. We've got Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Sunday. So coming at you uh, more days of the week than not. And uh, Sports City Chefs will be back at you on Sunday. Tanner, man, always a pleasure and a privilege, my friend. And I uh, look forward to talking soon. Until then, as TP always says, Tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again. And if they don't know, now they know. And they'd be mad if I didn't say this. So, Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.